Well, good evening, church family. Y'all doing all right tonight? Hey, isn't it awesome to get to sing Christmas music? Like, I am so excited that this season is here. But for those of you who do not know me, my name is Tim Johnson. I am the middle school and student worship associate pastor here at Sherwood. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't expect an applause for that. But I'm also affectionately known by some of you when you see me in the grocery store and you forget my name as that bouncing worship leader guy as well. And uh, so I appreciate that title as well. But tonight, I- I'm-, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And I- if I'm honest, I'm also a little nervous. And uh, not-, not simply just because of speaking here. I mean, this, as Dalton said this morning, it's an incredible honor to be able to be up here, to be able to speak. Because I, I just think about the men who have stood on this platform, who have addressed this church, many of whose commentaries I dug through today to be able to prepare for this message. And so I want you guys to know I'm so excited and also a little nervous because my main audience that I actually address are middle schoolers. And I believe that they are the most special, amazing, awesome, and awkward group in the church. (laughs) But it also means that they, they also have an attention span of being able to sit still for about 15 minutes. And so what that means is is whenever I begin to prepare messages for middle school, my average message length is anywhere from about 12 to 18 minutes. Now, before you all get really excited and think you can go ahead and get your keys ready to go to Zaxby's and beat all of Albany to that long line, I'm going to tell you, I promised Pastor Paul I would go a little bit longer than that. So if you can bear with me for about 20 minutes or so tonight, we're going to be in the book... (laughs) We're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 20. As I said earlier, I'm so excited because it's Christmas time. Whether you love Christmas or not, it's here. And it's time for us to start being able to binge watch all of those amazing Christmas movies. It's time to start officially because Thanksgiving is now over. Those of you who are a little bit crazy and you play the Christmas music before the turkey's been eaten, shame on you. All right. All right. It is now, though, officially time to start playing that Christmas music now that the the leftovers have been put away or thrown away, whichever one happened first. But I'm excited for this season. But the truth is, it's also a busy season of year. Like we get going and going. And it's like we if you got kids, it's even worse, I feel like. Because you're going to like this kid's program. You're going to that kid's program. And then on top of that, you've got all these different parties that you got to be at. Some of which you, if you were really honest, you don't really want to go to. But you go to these different parties, you go to this party, that party, there, and then you travel here and you travel there, and it just gets crazy at this time of year. Now, I want you to know, though, in the midst of all the crazy, there is one thing that you need to definitely mark on your calendar, and Seth, you can pay me afterwards for this. You need to make sure that you come to Wonder, which is our incredible Christmas concert that's going to be happening on December 11th, and also you can catch it on December 12th. Yes, amen. So, but tonight, uh, tonight's message is not, it's not going to be a message that you're just going to be like, wow, I have learned something brand new for the first time ever because I'm a middle school pastor. And so, but we're going to be talking about an issue, a problem, and that is that this season, we can just get so busy. We can get wrapped up, quite literally, in so many different things that what happens is, is we forget what this time of year is all about. And that is the birth 
of the Savior. And again, you're here on a Sunday night, so I know that you know all of this. And I know that the passage that we're going to be reading, you've read probably hundreds of times, and it brings back some incredible nostalgic memories of maybe traveling to grandma's house or sitting with your father, hearing this story read. So tonight, what I'd love for you to do is just to consider tonight just simply a reminder, a simple reminder of what this season of joy and craziness is all about. So, and what I want to do as we dive in is I want to challenge you to think about one simple question. And it's this. What will I do? What will I do with the good news of the Savior's birth this Christmas season? What will I do with the good news of the Savior's birth this Christmas season? So if you will, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 8 through 20. We're going to be looking at the story of the shepherds. And again, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, so this may seem a little bit different than what you're used to, but I want you just to follow along with me. And it reads this, starting in verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the birth of Jesus and just what that means. And so, Father, tonight I pray that you would just speak through your word. That, Father, you would just help us to understand that we have an incredible message worth sharing this Christmas season. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story opens up with a very unlikely group of people. The shepherds. And the shepherds are... I mean, they got stuck with the night shift, all right? So they're, they're out watching their flocks at night when all of a sudden, if you read the NASB version, it says, all of a sudden. Now, I don't know if you've ever been scared by something suddenly, but that makes you get a little terrified inside. And it says that all of a sudden, there was this angel that appeared before them. Now, this was not like the like, angel on the tissue paper, all right, company. It's not that like little thing who's going, glory to God. It's not this little like, little happy 
No, no, this is an angelic warrior that these shepherds who are in the middle of a field suddenly come face to face with. And not only that, they're now surrounded by the glory of the Lord. And so I don't know about you, but if you were out camping and this happened to you, I think your reaction would be the exact same. Okay, so you're going to have a little bit of fear inside. <laughs> but also, as Pastor Paul always tells us, context is key. All right, so context is key in the midst of this. And the Jews unanimously believed that if a man beheld supernatural appearances, he was going to die. And so not only is it just the fact that the shepherds scared them, but it's also the fact that they are now seeing these supernatural beings and they understand this means I'm going to probably die. This is the end in the middle of the field with these sheep. All right. But the first words of the gospel end all of this fear. The very first words of the gospel end all this fear. Verse 10. It says, do not be afraid. All the fear that they had felt, the angel immediately addresses is the very first words of the gospel. Do not be afraid. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now this word good news, or in, some, in your versions may say glad tidings, it literally means to evangelize or to preach the good news. Jesus would actually later use this exact same word when quoting Luke 4.18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And so the very first thing I want you to see tonight from this text is that sharing the gospel is at the heart of Christmas. Sharing the gospel is at the heart of Christmas. The very first preacher of the gospel, it wasn't a man, it was an angel. And the angel tells these shepherds, I bring you good news, gospel. And that will cause great joy and is for all the people. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you love bringing joy into people's lives? Oh, yeah. Most of your hands went up. There's a couple of Scrooges out there, and that's okay. All right. We love you. We're praying for you. We're, the, we're trying to bring joy into your life right now. And the thing is, is that we love bringing joy into people's lives, especially this time of year. It's why you go and work so diligently and so hard to find that perfect gift that you know that person is just not going to use that year. All right? We all do it. Why? Because we want to inspire joy. And tonight what we're looking at is how this Christmas we can begin to share joy. And it comes through the good news. So what is the good news? Verse 11 tells us, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now this verse is unique. This verse is very unique because it's the only time in all of the Gospels that these three titles of Jesus are used in the same sentence. And it's, it's significant that these three titles are here because it says, first off, that Jesus is the Savior. He's the Savior. He will save his people from their sins. It also says that he's the Messiah. He's the anointed one, the chosen one who would redeem and deliver Israel. And then it says that Jesus is also the Lord. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us, maker of all, ruler of all. So what's the good news? 
Well, the good news is that today, for those shepherds, the long-awaited Savior, Messiah, and Lord, he's been born in the city of David. And just in case they couldn't imagine this getting even better, it did. Look at verse 12. It says, and this will be a sign to you. In other words, here's where you can find him. And guess what? You can go see him tonight. He says, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths. That was normal. And lying in a manger. That was not normal. You see, it was no, it, there was a lot of babies in Bethlehem that night that were wrapped in these cloths. But there was only one who would be found lying in a manger. And see, the angel was being very specific with these shepherds. He was telling them about who Jesus was, what he offered them. But then he also tells them, here's where he is. And the reason why is because sharing the gospel is at the heart of Christmas. And therefore, we need to make sure that we are intentional about inviting people to meet the Savior so that they too can have a relationship with him. Let me say that one more time for you. This is the second point in your notes here. You ready? We need to be intentional. We need to be intentional about inviting people to meet the Savior. Why? So that they too can have a relationship with him. You see, the angels didn't just tell these shepherds the good news. Hey, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, he's been born. Amen. They didn't just tell them that. They told them how they could go and actually begin to meet this Savior, Messiah, and Lord. Because the gospel doesn't just tell people how much God loves them. The gospel explains to people, here is how you can have a reconciled or a fixed relationship with your creator, which is the thing that you've been longing for for your whole life. And you see, this Christmas season, church, it's not enough for us just to slap a bumper sticker on the back of our car that says Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not enough. What we have to begin to do is to be intentional about inviting people. We have to be intentional about helping people understand who the Savior is so that they too can have a relationship with him. And for these shepherds, the story continues to get better. And also, once again, angels decide to scare some people. All right, so verse 13, it says, And suddenly, again, there's that word, the angels, a whole, not just one angel, now you get a whole host of warrior choir singing angels, Seth Bridger's favorite thing. And a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, as the angels begin to watch this incredible rescue story that they have begun to see unfolding since the garden coming to fruition, they begin, it caused them just to erupt in this chorus of worship. And they began to sing glory to God in the highest heaven because these angels could not imagine any greater mercy than the gift God was giving to the world, his son. You see, for God so loved the world, that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, we've got to always remember verse 17. He didn't send Jesus 
just to tell us how bad we were. He sent Jesus to save us. And then the angels tell these shepherds something also incredible. He said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, they also begin to tell these shepherds the thing that humanity has been longing for since the garden is here. Peace. Peace with your creator is here. And you see, church, number three is this, is that the peace the world longs for can only be found through Jesus. It's the peace, it's what your lost co-workers are longing for this Christmas. It's what your lost friends are longing for this Christmas. It's what your family members are longing for this Christmas, is peace. A first century pagan writer expressed it this way. He said, well, the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea. He is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for more than even outward peace. And you see, this longing is still true today. Because we live in a world that has been broken by sin. We live in a city that has been broken by sin. We encounter students each week in our student ministry that come in that are in this life. They are broken. Sin has began to destroy their lives. And then they begin to hear about the hope of the gospel. When they begin to hear about the good news of great joy, we begin to see their, their, light, their eyes just begin to just spark. A few weeks ago, I sat across the, the lunch table from a student who had just accepted Christ about an hour before. As we began to talk, we were just, uh, we were just kind of, we were playing a game and, and suddenly he just looked at me and he just said these words. He said, there's a happiness inside of me that wasn't there before. And then he smiled and he said, I just feel so much more joyful because he had found the peace. He had been brought to peace with his creator. And you see church all around us are people who are hurting because of the brokenness that sin has caused in their life. And the thing that they're longing for is peace. And what we have to be willing to do is to slow down this Christmas season, to open our eyes and to see the needs of people that are all around us. And I want you to hear me tonight. My heart is not to burden you with the guilt of feeling like, well, I've just got to do this. I came on Sunday night and now he's preaching about evangelism and sharing and telling people the good news. And it's not to burden you or to make you feel guilty or to just to, to cause grief inside because sharing the gospel should never be done out of obligation or duty. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be done just because we feel like we have to, no. It should be done out of love, joy, and a longing to see people experience the eternal life that only comes through Jesus. And you see, 
The gospel is a message the angel says that will cause great joy. It's both a joy to share and it's a joy to receive. It's a great news. And I want you to understand the coolest thing that I found in the studies of this is that you know what? God has taken the honor of sharing the gospel from the angels and he has given it to you and I. Why? Because we're the ones that get to experience it. And it's a story that we have the ability to tell, not because of us, but because of what God has done in us. And it should cause great joy to share about the greatest thing that's ever happened in our lives. But as you begin to go and to share this message, this Christmas season, I want you to remember that following Jesus is between the individual and God. Following Jesus is between the individual and the God. The angel explained who to look for. They explained who the baby was and they told them exactly what he offered them. Look at verse 15. It says, And when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. You see, the shepherds had to make a choice to go and see him. Verse 16 says, And so they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph. In other words, they were excited. There was an urgency. And for some of you, when you begin to go out this Christmas and you begin to share the gospel, when you begin to start these conversations with your friends and your coworkers, what's going to happen is there will be some that are going to look at this. They're going to go, that's incredible. That's the best news literally I've ever heard. And as it begins to click and begins to make sense, I want you to understand that we receive it with great joy. But for others of you, the truth is, is that you will encounter people who are going to look at this. They're going to be like, no, I'm good. And what you've got to remember is that following Jesus is between the individual and God. But we also need to remember the message that the angels say at the very beginning of all of this. Do not fear. Because you see, the power is not in the hands of those who bring the good news, but in the gospel itself. The power is not in the hands of those who bring the good news, but in the gospel itself. When you look at verse 17, it says, And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then if you jump to verse 20, we see that they go back to their fields to watch their flocks. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, the power is not in the hands of those who bring the good news, but in the gospel itself. And the reason why I point that out here is because you've got to understand the reputation of a shepherd during this time. You see, shepherds were not trusted. Shepherds were often thought of as being thieves. If you were to bring a shepherd with you into court, their testimony would have been completely dismissed. But yet this is who God chose to be the first people he would tell about his son. These are the ones he chose to trust with the best news ever announced in the history of mankind. Why? Because the power is not in the hands of those who bring the good news, but in the gospel itself. And you see, our problem is so often we think, well, God can't use me. I don't know enough. My testimony is not good enough. If, I mean, those people, they know who I am. They know my past. They know what I've done. 
But I'm here to tell you, if God can use shepherds, he can use you if you'll let him. Because the power is not in your hands. The power is in the gospel. Last week, I had the honor of baptizing one of our middle school students, and uh, I didn't really have a chance to tell his full story because of time. And, but he had been sitting down in our youth area because his sisters had come for a uh, rehearsal with our student worship program, and so they were there early. And one of our high school guys came in, and he was setting up some podcasting equipment. So he had like a, he had a microphone, he had his computer, and he had a couple of cables. And, and of course, the middle school boy was sitting there on the couch, and as middle school boys do, they saw some type of electronic, and they were just, he was just drawn to it. And so he began to ask some questions. And so that high school boy began to look at this as an opportunity to not just teach him about podcasting equipment, but to turn the conversation to the gospel. And so he began to explain, well, you see this microphone here, the only, it, it, apart from anything else, it, it can't really do anything. It cannot function the way that it was intended and designed to. You see, it has to be connected to the computer, but the only thing that can connect this microphone to the computer is this cable. Can you see where, how he began to turn the conversation? He said, you see, we're kind of like this microphone. God's kind of like the computer, and Jesus is kind of like this cable. And in so many more words, he began to explain to this little middle school boy about what it meant to follow Jesus, what it meant, what the gospel story was. And for him, right there, without music, without preaching, without anything else, the Holy Spirit made it click. And he trusted Christ sitting on a couch in the youth area. I'm here to tell you, church, the power is not in your hands. It's in the gospel. We just sang this. Fear not, then said the angel. Let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior, a pure virgin bride, to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, a tidings, a comfort and joy. As we head into this Christmas season, that's going to be busy, it's going to be fun, it's going to have lots of great things to be able to do, to see, to hear, and to experience. Let me challenge you to ask the one simple question that we started with again. What will I do with the good news of the Savior's birth this Christmas season. What will you do with it? Will you get swept up in the busyness of the holidays, of traveling, of going here, going there, or will you be intentional about inviting people to meet the Savior of whom Christmas is all about? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. And Father, I just ask that, Lord, that, God, you would help us to be intentional this year about inviting people to meet Jesus, whom this season is all about. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you would use this church for your glory. 
I pray that you would create opportunities, that, Lord, you would give us the wisdom to see them and the courage to take them. So, God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, thank you for the honor of being able to speak tonight. I pray that you have a great night. You're dismissed.